Hi, good morning, and we are here at the Newborough 10K at 10. It's, it's organised by the Newborough Junior Running Club. Today I've got Jill. I'll let her introduce herself. She, she was sort of embarrassed of why I would choose her as a runner, but she is a runner. She is part of the running club that I'm a member of. So, Jill, give me a, a brief introduction to what makes you a runner. Well, I started running about 10 years ago now when my daughters got into running and I kind of felt I needed to do something to get some fitness back, having done absolutely nothing for years and years. So for a while I ran, went to the gym and swam. But since we've moved up here, I tend to just do running now because it's too far to go to get to either the sea or the pool to swim. And I really love it. I started off doing couch to 5K with the aim of actually doing a park run was my first target. Then I moved on to doing Norwich 10K was my first 10K. And subsequently then I did Edinburgh Half Marathon and Manchester Marathon was my first marathon. I think I've done four or five since then and I've really got the bug. Every year I will just stick to doing half marathons and not doing anything longer. I'm getting older and my body doesn't doesn't really necessarily like the really long distances but bizarrely I ended up doing an ultra last year and I have accidentally signed up for at least one marathon this year so who knows. You mentioned there about running to the pool so running is not the only thing that you do you're into swimming as well is that right? I do swimming when I can get to the pool yeah I, I do like a nice swim more in the pool than in the sea but that's more of a historic thing because I nearly drowned in the sea as a child I still have hurdles to overcome. Uh, you mentioned that you did an ultra last year tell me about that. Well that was something that I signed up for with a friend in a fit of madness presumably and unfortunately I got Covid like a month before of it before it so it really didn't with being fully recovered and I made it to the ultra within the cutoff time I was really pleased that I did it really enjoyed it but there's an awful lot more walk I would really ideally have liked to do. Covid's probably a, an appropriate thing given the recent history of our society I guess what tips would you have for sort of getting back to fitness after you had Covid? Well certainly don't do what I did which was I was still on my run streak I still am on my run streak so I was still making myself go out every day even though I didn't really feel like it. When I was feeling at my worst it was more maybe like a mile or two of walking with 10 meters of running but I do wonder if I would have bounced back quicker if I had actually taken two weeks off and not done anything. But I, the main thing I found I think with getting back into it was I just I'm slightly asthmatic but it was just getting the breathing back again, even when I stopped feeling absolutely tired and having to go and have a lie down in the middle of the afternoon. Just trying to be able to get like a full lungful of air again, it was really difficult. Is so, that hindsight that you should have been doing this or even now that you know that you should have been doing it, would you do the same thing again anyway? I probably would do the same thing again anyway. I mean, I do, do, do find now that having bounced back, maybe having got used to running with even less lung capacity than I normally do, I now find that... I'm a bit faster than I was, so possibly it did have a benefit. There's no science behind that at all. So no. Don't, don't <laughs> do uh, my word for it. We're all on an experiment of one, and that's yourself. So That's very true. You mentioned that you were on a run streak. Mm -hmm. what's, what's your criteria for your run streak, and how far through it are you? I think I want something like day 430-ish. My criteria is I try and do 5K every day. There has been a couple of times when I haven't managed it, say certainly post-COVID, I was I was walking and sometimes I could barely manage a mile. But normally I do. I think after Edinburgh Marathon, 
which was a really, really hot day. The day after that, I think I only managed two miles. <laughs> but normally I do get a full 5K in, and that's my minimum for run today. Tell me, what's your biggest running achievement? I think it's getting myself in that mindset when I first started doing couch to 5K, and there was, there was one week where there was quite, it seemed at the time, like a big jump. You were suddenly running for, I don't know, five minutes or something ridiculously, that seems ridiculously short now. But at the time was like, I can't do that. And it was just getting from that, I can't do it to actually I can do it. And then once you can do one thing, you know, you can set yourself another target and it all becomes much more achievable. You know, to the extent when I first started in Couch to 5K, there was never any way that I would have done 10K, half marathon, anything longer than that. Whereas now, you know, I know I can do it and it's fine. But I think a lot of the time, every run, long run that you do competitively is an achievement because there's always something that's not ideal. Either you haven't fueled right or it's too hot or it's too windy or, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you always get to the end of a, of a long competitive run and give yourself, you need to give yourself a pat on the back because you've actually got out there and you've done it. You say competitive. Competitive, to me, you're racing against yourself a lot of the time. It doesn't matter what who else is in the race it's you that matter yeah. on on that so i thought what race have you got ambitions to do Ooh, i'd like to go back and do london marathon properly properly fully fed the time that i did it it got i got a place in the ballot and then obviously covid cancelled the london marathon i started training again and then that got postponed and so I don't know, by the third date that they set for it, I was just like, it's never actually going to happen. So I didn't really get my head around properly doing the training plan. And then it got closer and closer and it became apparent it wasn't going to be cancelled. And I just wasn't fully fit for it, or as fit as I would have liked to have been. So I, I kind of felt like I didn't really do it justice. Do, do you think that London is because London is London the biggest marathon in the world, or would another marathon say, I've heard good things about Manchester Marathon being like a fast and as good as atmosphere. Is it the appeal of London that matters or? I think I just feel I've got unfinished business with London. Manchester was my first marathon and I set myself a time of getting around it in under five hours, which I was easily, um, I easily managed. But there were bits in Manchester where there was and there were highlights, don't get me wrong. There was one man who got like a giant tortoise out, and was, you know, to come and he'd taken it out on the pavement to watch the marathon. But there were a couple of bits sort of around about mile 20 where you're running and there's really not a lot of spectator support. But then I found that with London as well, post-COVID. I think a lot of people didn't really turn out in droves because they yeah. were probably worried about that. I just feel I've got unfinished business with London okay. and I would like to go back. But I would love to New York and I have heard good things about Venice marathon where they actually put pontoons and things out across some of the lagoons and you're running across these pontoons and right, yeah. cover all the bridges with carpets that you don't trip on the cobbles and it just sounded like a fantastic fun atmosphere also yeah. like more like a carnival than a race well you're saying that the, the atmosphere in some of these races like london because there's so many competitors but i know that you were doing the murray way relay when i was doing it last year and you were lucky if you saw people every 15 miles. Does that, does that make a difference? Or is it just because that race was such a nice race that I, I think you, it's looking at different. the photos, you enjoyed that as well? Yeah, it's, it is. I think that's one thing that running's taught me that you can enjoy doing things in completely different ways. 
when I first started running, I was like embarrassed. I used to go out early in the morning so nobody could even see me running. And then, so to be part of a race where you've got 40, 50,000 people is incredible. But then to do something like the Murray Ultra, where, as you say, you don't see anybody for the whole, you know, the whole leg. I mean, we did the relay. I was actually dreading the bit in the dark because I, you know, like eyesight's not that great in the dark. And, um, but I absolutely loved that. That was just the best, probably one of the highlights of my year that year, if not my entire running time, just running out from Granton and in the dark and then getting up onto the moor and there were sort of owls calling in the woods and, you know, obviously there were things rustling in the undergrowth, but because it's the UK, you know, it's unlikely to be anything that's going to jump out and eat you. And then just watching the sun come up as you're running along the old railway line, it was just absolutely fantastic. You think that run, running in the dark is probably something that you you want to experience more, but you've not got, I don't know if you've not got the opportunity, you're plenty of opportunity right here <laughs> because it's always dark at this time of year. Is that something that you want to explore more? I think I would like to do a bit more, I mean, but I think it's a confidence thing as well. I mean, it's sort of working out what works for you equipment wise. I mean, I'd borrowed a chest torch, that leg of the Murray Ultra, but I, I found that didn't, whether I just run too much like uh, that, yeah. but I just found that watching the light on the path i found that it, it, it makes you so, uh, almost seasick yes yeah. yeah and i think i would have been better sticking to my head torch although they have disadvantages as well because they can be quite heavy and just yeah. tends to not carry it your head the way that's natural it, not just confidence but getting used to the kit I yes think as well. so i think i think that was a big thing was i think i would like to do more and get get used to the, the kit and get a bit more calm. i mean i'm just I, I wasn't a trail runner until i moved up here yeah. at all never run on a trail and the first time that out with the club on a trail run, I was like, I'm going to die. Because <laughs> it was just so much like hard work. And I think I tend to, I've got a running, my natural running action is not lifting my feet very high, okay. which I need to work on. So I end up tripping over things a lot more than yes. I should do. So well, <laughs> it's I, I just find a confidence thing. For me, if I went to see a professional gait analysis, they would say, oh, no, you're, you're running stupid. I run, I run what's natural to me. Mm. I'm a swimming yeah. coach in a previous life. So I, I do know a bit about the physiology and repetitive actions and how they can cause injury yeah. from a swimming point of view. So I can try and translate that knowledge over to, to running. You mentioned earlier that you're not getting any younger. Don't want to ask a woman her age. <laughs> 27, but... obviously. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel that as you're getting older, how does that affect your body? I think you start getting a bit more aches and pains. Certainly when I started the run streak, I was finding a lot of niggles. Nothing that actually made me stop running but I seem to have got through that now and out the other end and it's almost like I want to keep the run streak going as, part, as much as anything just because it does seem to be doing a lot of good and also, I mean my sister's got osteoporosis yeah. because the fact that I'm running around has got to be doing me a lot of good from yeah. the weight bearing bone preserving <laughs> point of view so no, I, mean, no, I, think, no, I think it's just important to keep active as long as you can if you can do it without injuring yourself and then becoming inactive <laughs> and do you think that the the run streak that's prevented injury or you think you've uh, because you're you're exposing yourself to more situations where you could get injured you are injured more or because you're fitter and stronger that makes you injured less i think definitely the latter because i'm fitter and stronger i've been injured less I and mean, having said that i could go out this morning trip over something and you know they, these angle, things happen but, yeah exactly but I do, I feel stronger, I feel fitter, I feel more coordinated, my balance is better, my reactions are a bit better, it's um, all good. When you mentioned earlier on about competitiveness, what, 
Like, do you feel from the run streak or even just experience of running, you are faster now? You're slower because you're older or how does it balance out? I'm definitely getting faster, interestingly. And it's got to come a point where it will balance out and age will. But having come to running quite late, late in life, it's nice to know that you can still make improvements year on year. Yeah. What, what was your the first race that you took part in? Not counting part run because obviously that's yeah. not, it's not a race. race. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from against yourself. It would have been the Norwich 10K. How do you feel that compares to other races that you've done since? Now that you've got more sort of knowledge of what a race is. The Norwich 10K was my, apart from park run, was my first experience of running in public, as in a, a large number of people, and it was thousands of people, and I, I really lost a lot of sleep ahead of that. I, now, looking back, I'm like, why? <laughs> but I just found that it was quite daunting, just being part of a big thing. But then, all of a sudden, the adrenaline just kicks in, and you're suddenly like, well, I am part of a big thing, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not like, I don't think how to explain it. It's actually finding yourself that you are actually part of something as opposed to, because I'd always run on my own before. I'd never been a member of a running club or anything. And it was just suddenly finding this whole community of people out there who actually did the same things that you did. Even since moving up here and becoming a member of the running club maybe two years ago, it's like finding your... Michelle said to me one week about it's like something about finding your own tribe. And it is. It's very much like there's all these people who run, and they all run for different reasons. Yeah. And they all run different distances, different speeds, the different abilities. Some are really fit, some are not really fit. And, but they all have that one thing in common, running. And sometimes we hate it, and sometimes we love it. But it's, it's, just, it's just like finding a group of like-minded people, even though they've all got different goals within that. Yeah, well, even within, like, we're in the same running club, but we don't often run together. But at an event like this, we are, as you say, part of the same tribe. So it's, it's getting people together that it makes it yeah. worthwhile to me. And I think there's that whole mental health thing as well. It's not just physical health. The fact that you've been out there in the fresh air, talking to somebody, you know, I mean, where I live, it's really remote. We moved up here, promptly went into lockdown, didn't really see anybody for two years. And, you know, I don't think that's, it's not a healthy way for human beings to live. I don't think you, know, you, need, you need that interaction with other people. Given the weather up here compared to down beside Norwich, do you get out when it's snowing? Do you, have you got a treadmill at home? How do you cope with that sort of thing? I haven't got a treadmill. It's, it, I find treadmill running really incredibly boring. But from the injury prevention point of view when it's icy it's probably a sensible thing and I, I think I may end up looking for a treadmill just because that week or so in December and then again start Jan middle of January it's just lethal round where we are yeah. I mean, we're like you we don't get gritters and snow plows and you get that melting and refreezing and it's just it's yeah. just icy I ended up a couple of times in Marcathon just running around one of the fields near where I am which was deeply unpleasant because it was very wet with ice on top and you were running along every step you broke through the ice into <laughs> ice cold water. And I was desperately trying to get sort of like 5k done around this boggy field. But I think ice is my biggest, I really don't want to slip and fall over yeah. and break something. We're, we're coming to the end of the event that we're uh, supporting that's going on. You'll see people driving back in the background. One last question to wrap it up. The, the event here is uh, powered by cake and juice. Have you got any fuels that you've got during the race, or is it cake and juice? 
during a race, I tend to have jelly babies. Or a long run. Yeah, jelly babies, sometimes cliff blocks. Sometimes I'll put tailwind in my hydration vest. What else do I take? Ginger nuts. I like ginger nuts on a long race. And, oh, I can't what they're called, like mini cheesy biscuits, mini cheddar things. I quite often take them as yep. well. And right. then cake when I finish. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I think due to the noise that's awaiting happening here, I think we'll call it a wrap there today. And thank, thank you very much. And see you again next episode.